بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد ما بعد سيستس Today we live in a strange world which has all kinds of dichotomies and one of them is that there is this very positive thing that people want their children to come to the masjid to want to come to the masjid to love the masjid to want to be in the masjid and so on so this is entirely positive there is nothing negative about that sentiment but in that anxiety that the children should love the masjid and so on and want to come here parents forget their biggest responsibility which is setting up boundaries which is tarbiya which is training and we have this phenomena in many masajid of children coming to the masjid and completely creating havoc running around like wild animals and screaming and you know disturbing people who are who are praying uh, pushing and shoving and all kinds of things now and if you say anything to the parents and say please control your children or you know if they are they, you cannot allow them to scream like this and so on they get very uptight they say oh brother you know these are these are angels uh, these are malaika uh, and and don't stop them otherwise they will hate the masjid my brothers and sisters i want you to please understand that setting boundaries creating uh, giving tarbiya to the children is your as a parent primary responsibility there is no responsibility that is bigger than this and that is the reason why parents have been given the position that they have been given in islam it's not because of biology it's because of the fact that you introduce your children to allah and you introduce your children to islam and that is why jannah is beneath the feet of the mother and the father is the door to jannah rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said when one dies one door closes when the other dies the other door closes that is the level of respect the level of uh, there is a worth of the parent for the child and as i said it is not because of biology the biology even animals do it it's not because you gave birth to the child it's because of what happens after you give birth to the child the kind of tarbiya you do to the child imam malik bin anas rahmatullahi alayhi one of the greatest of the fuqaha of islam a man who's who was known for two things one he was known for his love for rasulullah sallallahu and the respect that he had and he showed every single time always for rasulullah sallallahu and his word and his teachings the hadith of rasulullah sallallahu when he wrote his muwatta he took a long time he took many years to compile the hadith in the muwatta by malik sometimes people also to, told him they said look you know you need to get this book out uh, you are taking so long that uh, at the same time there are many other people who are uh, compiling a hadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam some of them have called them also muwatta and uh, your muwatta will be lost if you delay if you delay more so get it out you know malik rahmatullah said my 
idea of writing this book is not to become popular. My idea of writing this book is for the pleasure of Allah. And I will do my maximum to ensure that this book is the best of my efforts. Whether it is lost or it is not lost or whether it lasts or it doesn't last is up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has witnessed there is only one Bawatta and that is Bawatta Imam Malik. When it was actually published, the Abbasi Khalifa of the time, he was so impressed with it that he came to Medina, he met Imam Malik and he said to him, I am going to give me the give me permission uh, and I will issue a decree to say that this is the only book of hadith that should be taught across the empire in every madrasa and every place. Because this is the most, the best and the, and the, and the, and the most accurate and so on. So, I mean, his, his thing was nothing else will be taught. And then he said that uh, I will have this book inscribed and written in pages of gold. And we will place it inside the Kaaba. Now imagine anyone in the place of Imam Malik. I'm, I'm saying all of this in the context of tarbiyah of children. So bear with me. So in the in, in the anyone in the place of Imam Malik, what would he say? I mean, this is the peak of achievement. You know, the the ruler of the time. He is uh, completely flawed, and and he is a murid. Imam Malik said no to both. He said, I do not want this book to be inscribed in gold and placed inside the Kaaba. And he said, I do not want you to issue any edict to say, any farman to say that this is the only book that should be taught. The man said, why? He said, because if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses to keep every sunnah of his Nabi alayhi salam alive, who am I to say that only the ones that I collected are correct and the others are wrong? He said, that is not correct. I will not say that. Now, there is another famous story of Imam Malik where once he was giving dars of hadith and uh, people saw that his face suddenly uh, became white and he seemed to be in intense pain but he didn't stop and he didn't and he didn't uh, you know uh, show any sign outward sign of pain apart from what was involuntarily on his face so the his students were in a quandary whether they should interrupt him and ask him if everything is okay or what but obviously, the adab of the teacher was such that uh, they did not stop him. And when he finished the dars, he collapsed. So they rushed to him and they, you know, they tried to revive him and so on. And uh, they saw some blood uh, behind on the back of his shirt and they uh, lifted the shirt and they found that there was a scorpion which had stung him 30 times. 30 times. And imagine the intense pain of that, the, the poison of that uh, going into his blood. But he didn't stop narrating the hadith of Rasulullah They asked him, they said, Ya Imam, what, what is this? Why do you do that? You, know? you should have stopped. You should have told us. You would have helped you. You would have uh, you know, get, gotten rid of this thing. He said, I consider it to be against the adab to the Rasul, against the respect of Rasulullah that I must, that I interrupt his word because I have some pain. He said, I am nothing. The reason I am saying all of this to you is because this same Imam Malik, when he was a little boy, his mother used to send him to Masjid al-Nabi al-Sharif every day to study under his Ustad, whose name was Rabi Turai, another great scholar of Islam. 
But when she used to send him to the masjid, <coughs> she, she didn't just, you know, send him any way he was dressed. Uh, t-shirts and, and shorts and whatnot. She used to dress him up in proper Islamic clothes. She would tie a turban on his head. A little boy, she would tie a turban on his head. And every day when she sent him to Majid, she would, she would say to him, take from the akhlaq of Rabiatul Rai before you take from his ill. <coughs> she said, take from the manners, the adab, <coughs> the akhlaq of Rabiatul Rai, your teacher, before you take from his ill, before you take from his knowledge. Now, this is the meaning of tarbiyah. This is the meaning of, of uh, setting boundaries. Don't you think that Imam Malik loved the masjid? Was he going to the masjid? Was he hating the masjid? But he was not running around like a wild animal in the masjid. He was not screaming his guts out in the masjid. Because this was the tarbiyat of his mother. So he loved the masjid in a beautiful way. Every place has its rules. The same parents who send their children to the masjid and they get offended if somebody says, don't scream, don't run around. They take the same children, they go to a restaurant. Those children are not running wild in the restaurant. They are not screaming their guts out in the restaurant. Those same children, those same parents take their children on a train, on a bus, on a plane. Those kids are not running wild and those kids are not screaming their guts out. The same parents take the same children to a library and they tell them to be silent. They take them on tours. Maybe they go to see a, 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 a great cathedral or something a great church, and they tell them to be silent when they go inside. But in the house of Allah, everything goes. You can scream, you can rave, you can rant, you can you can yell, you can run around, and so on, and so on, so on. My brothers and sisters, please, your job is to be parenting. Your job is parenting. Your job is to parent children. Do that properly to be able to deserve what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave for you. Love of the masjid must come with the adab of the masjid. It's not free from the adab of the masjid. And saying that children should be allowed to do whatever they want in the masjid because you want them to love the masjid is complete and total nonsense. There is no dalil for this either in the Quran or the Sunnah or in the akhlaq of anyone who is worth following. So please, have mercy on yourselves and have mercy on your children. If this is how you raise them, or this, I don't even, I don't think this can be called raising them. They are they're just being loose like animals. If this is how you deal with them, this is what they are going to do with their children. And their children and so on. The masjid is the house of Allah. By all means, come to the masjid. Be happy in the masjid. If there is a specific place designated for play, for playing, for example, a basketball court or a soccer pitch or whatnot in the masjid, please go ahead, do that. Play there, no problem. But inside the masjid, especially when people are praying, believe me, every person whose salah is destroyed because your child screamed, that person's destroyed salah is in your account. May Allah protect you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may question you about why you allowed your child to distract his slave from focusing on him and his worship. Don't do that to yourself. 
the primary purpose of the masjid is not for your kids to run around the primary purpose of the masjid is to worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that primary purpose must not be compromised and destroyed for any reason whatsoever now, i see this happening so many places in, in so many places in so many and, and so all kinds of these you know not funny excuses are given so please raise your children don't leave them wild they are your sadaqa jariya they and their actions and their children's actions and their actions will all be inshallah we hope a means of goodness for you in your grave do not tamper with that don't turn that into the opposite wa sallallahu alaihi wa sallam